Now, this Sunday, first Sunday, we're going to have, of course, message about New Year. And the message today is entitled, A New Year Without Fear. New Year Without Fear. Now, is it possible that we should not be fearful if we embrace, especially the first Sunday? Well, let's see if it is possible what God is saying. Our text today, again, is taken from the book of Isaiah. You remember the last two Sundays, I gave my, my message in the book of Isaiah during our Christmas celebration. Isaiah also was mentioned in our last Sunday service in 2020. Also was taken from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 46. So our text today, again, is taken from the book of Isaiah 43, reading verse 1 to 5. Verse 1, But now, this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, He who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the only or the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, I, because I love you, I will give or I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Look at verse 5. Do not be afraid, for I am with you, and I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. This is the word of the Lord, and may God bless the reading of his word today. Well, so much had transpired last year, 2020. Some people doesn't want to remember and reflect on that past, but some says we need to, in order to give us the sense of our place in the present. Now, sometimes looking back would cause grief and disappointment, but it can also lead us for a future accomplishment and victory. We all learn important lessons by looking at the past. The past puts the present into a context and gives a perspective of the future. So when we apply the lens of the past to our individual lives, we experience much of the same feelings and thoughts that the rest of the world shares. Well, we share an apprehension about our future. We share a concern for collective well-being. We also share a curiosity about what will happen this year, next month, and of course, before the end of 2021. Now, as we begin this new year of 2021, we ask ourselves, what will the future hold? 
how? What will happen? That's always the question of many. Now, I have good news for you. As we contemplate the future and wonder what lies ahead, today we look at the scriptures passage that addresses the kind of apprehension and curiosity that pervaded the hearts and the minds of people in time of, of course, the prophet Isaiah, and it also affects how we can contemplate our future ahead of us. You see, God's word brings a comfortable, uh, somehow gives us a comfort, uh, comforting, rather comforting promises. Now, along with this insightful command as we face new year. Now, it's possible to have a year without fear. It is. In fact, that's the kind of fear or that is the kind of year that God wants us to have. A fear-free year. Ining tuig nga hindi dapat ang kahadlok amo ang maga pabilin sa aton tagipusuan. You see, God desires that for you and me. He desires to have a fear-free kind of life in this 2020? Well, he does. And he reminds us that over and over again in the scriptures. In fact, if you try to look at and try to, you know, to count <laughs> the word fear not is about 189 or almost 190 times the phrase fear not appears in the scriptures. And when you add the expression of do not be afraid, there are about 365 times in the scriptures that God tells us not to fear. He's telling us that fear not should be every day of the year 2021. I suppose one of the greatest areas we struggle when, we, when it comes to, to fear is the fear of uncertainty. Kaya wala kita kabalo kung ano matambo next. You'd never know what will happen tomorrow. Now, that's most of us are so fearful about because of uncertainty. Now, most of us are afraid of the so-called the unknown. Well, we don't know what will happen. That's unknown. What's going to happen next? Now, it's the unknown of bad circumstances that tends to drive fear into our lives. In the context of Isaiah 43, there has been a revelation of the holiness of and the glory of God that has taken place in Babylonian captivity. You realize that, you know, the people of God was under the captivity of Babylonian when uh, Isaiah tried to prophesy this. They had lived through a season in which God did not answer their prayers for immediate deliverance. In fact, the word that God sent by way of the prophet as he gazed into the future was that they should do the best they could where they were. In this case, it's in Babylonian or in Babylon. 
Like God was saying, give their children in marriage and plant gardens, seek the best for society in which they live, so on and so forth. Now, it can be certain that they wanted things to get back to normal during those days. But they had to get used to the new normal, at least for a season. Now, the season was the structural sin of their forefathers. Now, today is the same. There are things that we don't even recognize why God allows crisis, as is this. That's what happened in 2020, and it's still ongoing in 2021. Because of what? Because of increase of sin. Now, we can be so immersed in the surrounding culture that is hard to discern between the good, the bad, and even the neutral. Now, some of what we are experiencing in our present world is a result of the increasing culture of sin that many times we allow to prevail. Now, Isaiah 43 opens with this statement, but now, in verse 1, the word but now. Now, the word but now, what does this mean? That means whenever you are in life, whatever you are facing, there is always a statement, but now. You may not have been receiving answers to your prayers in 2020 or even perhaps beginning this year. But of course, there is always the word, but now. You may not have been living a life that had not been in alignment with God's revealed will. But again, remember these first two words, but now. You may not been dominated by some life-controlling or probably dominated by some life-controlling habits that you cannot control. But there is the word, but now. Now the word, but now, implies second chance. From the first two words mentioned in verse 1 of Isaiah 43, he started with the word, but now. That means there is now the second chance. The Lord continues and he says, Thus says the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. Now this is a covenant name of God. When you look at that word, the Lord, capital letter. The word Lord, that means in a Hebrew word, it means Yahweh. And the Lord is that God who calls the world into existence. Yahweh, or the Lord, is the one who created. Jacob created Israel. That means he is your creator and my creator. You are not living in a particular time in history by accident. This is what God is saying. It is not coincidence that you are living in the neighborhood where you live or what you belong or if you belong to your local church that you belong now wherever you are it's not by chance or by coincidence because the Lord Yahweh was actually put you there this is the same word he tries to remember or he tries to tell Jacob 
and Israel, and in particular, the people of God who are under captivity. That means God is not surprised. He allows those things. And he said, and he that formed thee, O Israel. He is the divine potter. Siya ang naga, no? You look at the potter, he is the one trying to design, trying to make it according to his plan. That's why the Bible says that we are the clay and he is the potter. And what would happen if we all began asking creator what he is forming in us in here and now and the future ahead? That means you're trying to tell the creator, your potter, saying, no, that should not be. But when you look at him as the Lord, the divine potter, the divine creator, and is doing the work in you. If he is doing the work in the life of the Israelites during those days, exactly he's telling us today that he is doing a mighty work now and even in the future. We all want to escape sometimes the here and the now because of the painful emotions we feel with the situations. But God is saying, I am doing something in the here and in the now. That means the present and the future that will fulfill my purpose to you and to me. Now, one of the most fear-alleviating moments is when we begin to understand and are clarified that God placed you where you are for a very important assignment to fulfill. He knows you. He knows the end from the beginning. You remember the last Sunday I mentioned about that the God that we serve is a God who knows the end from the beginning. That's why he said, fear not. Fear not. Now, there are three reasons not to fear the unknown. And this is the message that God wants to speak to you and to me today. Number one, he said, I have redeemed you. Why we should be fearful? Because God says, I have redeemed you. What is this statement mean to me and to you? I have redeemed you. Now the theme of redemption is found about 22 times in the servant songs of Isaiah. If you study the book of Isaiah, 22 times. This is the somehow the theme. We call it redemption. Speaks about God's redemption. Now, redemption has something to do with buying back something. Ang pagbayad liwat, no? Baklun liwat. Or to buy it back. Or someone that has been sold or lost. Someone that has been sold or lost. Now, remember, you and I came all the way created by God. We came from God. But because of sin, we are, in fact, selling. We have been sold. And you and I sometimes are struggling with sin because, you know, you have no power. But in this particular passage of Isaiah, he's telling us that we have been redeemed. And God himself is telling, through Isaiah, is telling us that I have redeemed you. Not just for the people of God in the Old Testament. And the word says, I have bought you back. That's exactly what he meant. God paid 
the appropriate price. And we know his son, Jesus Christ. Now, the threefold aspects of this redemption. Bible study kita about this. The, the first one, we are redeemed from. Tatloman kabutang, when it comes to redemption, na dapat natin maintindihan. Ano ang tatlo aspeto? We are redeemed from, number one, penalty of sin. Uh, many times we, we call that justification. Sang saan nun tabo ang justification or the the, the, that sin was paid already, the penalty of sin. It was in the past. That's why when you talk about justification, it was done in the past. Romans 5, 9 tells us, much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through Him. That means He already paid the price by His blood. The blood of Christ, the blood of Jesus. It is through the blood of Christ and faith in our heart. Now, we have also responsibility. Jesus did that 2,000 years ago, and the blood was actually shed by him. So, what will, what will we do? We were not there when he did this 2,000 years ago. But we can still have it today. That's why we take it by faith. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 10, telling us, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. Now this is penalty. The penalty was paid already. All it takes for you and me, receive Christ, receive the provisions of His blood, and then we use it by faith. We take it by faith. Now, it is our response in obedience to the Word of God. That's why Romans 6, 17 tells us, Thank God, once you were slaved of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obeyed His teachings or these teachings we have given you. Now, we know Paul was telling this to the Roman Christians. And he was trying to give them the kind of understanding that Jesus already did Natapos niya na ang iyang responsibility. Ginbayaran niya na But on our part, we have to receive it by faith. And because the Word of God tells us we have to do it by faith, then we have to do it because of the Word. Using it and receiving it in our hearts. The second one about redemption, not just the penalty of sin, but also the redemption speaks also one aspect, aspect of redemption is power of sin. We were redeemed not just the penalty, but also the power of sin. And this is very much connected with sanctification. It's the present. What happened was the past. Now, remember, we still struggle with sin. It's a life not on, even though we have Christ in us. But the work of God continues, and that is, He is doing the sanctification. Now look at Romans 7, 24 to 28, or rather 24 to 25, sorry. It says in 24, What a wretched man I am, who will rescue me from, the, from this body, the physical nature, that is subject to death. Verse 25, I like this. It says, Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in my mind, I am 
basically free. The Bible says slave to God's law in my mind. But in my sinful nature, I am still slave to the law of sin. There is now the power. When you talk about the law of sin, there is the power of sin. But the moment we receive Christ, you and I must abide in Christ. It is abiding in Christ and the word of God is our responsibility. Pabilin kay Kristo, kagpabilin sa iyo pulong. Because otherwise, you will never be sanctified. So John 15, 7, very clear. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Colossians 6 also is telling us, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, I think, so then just as you receive Christ, Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. So there is a continuity. Kung nakabaton kay Kristo, it doesn't mean you stop uh, trying to receive the Word of God, trying to read the Word of God, and apply that in your Word. Because if you do that, you will never overcome. There will always be the struggle. And, well, you will end up defeated end up defeated. So those who accepted Christ in faith ought to walk, to live, and to think by faith. I'll say that again. If you have received Christ, accept Christ by faith, you need to walk. The word walking implies living. You have to live. How do you live? In your mind as well, by faith, through our obedience in the Word of God. Letter C, under under redemption, as God says, I have redeemed you. The third aspect of redemption is that the presence of sin. The presence of sin. You see, when you look at the presence of sin, uh, that's not one, this one is, the implication is about the glorification. So it addresses the future. Now, remember that the previous one is that there is the penalty. Number two, there is the power of sin. That is, the power of sin continues. And that's why we have to address it by obeying the word of God, living by the word of God. And then, of course, the redemption, uh, third aspect of redemption is that the presence of sin, glorification. This is addressing the future, our future. Philippians 3.20 tells us, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there. Now the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 21, who by the power that enabled him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. I know, subong the struggle kita gyapon. The struggle is there, the struggle of fear, the struggle. But God is reminding us about this redemption. He says, I have redeemed you. He did not only redeem you in the past, he's still doing the redemption by, of course, uh, paying the penalty and then the power is still ongoing. But again, the presence of sin, as long as we are living in this earth, the sin is always there. Hindi pa makuha until Jesus Christ will come for the second time. So here it is. That's why he was talking about our lowly bodies. He said our lowly bodies will be transformed there will be transformation that one day our body will have its glorious 
future. That means it's no longer sinful. Today we're still struggling. I am still struggling with the sinful nature in me. But thank God for His Word. Now, so every believer is given what? To combat the presence of sin in our life is the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is given as means of guaranteeing His promise to those who have received Christ. Sang tion nga ginbato naton si Jesus, amuna ang ginhatag ni Lord sa aton. Let's read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 to 14. And he says, And who and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in Him with what? With seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Who is a deposit? Thank God. A guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. This is an amazing promise. So when a person becomes a believer, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in his life or in her life. Now we don't see it, but we feel it if you are sensitive enough because He is there to empower us to equip us to do the ministry and of course to function through the gifts He has given us. He says we have nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be used by us so that we can live life in accordance with His purpose and His plan here on earth. Now, let me just uh, try to explain a little bit with the word seal of God's Spirit. He used the word seal of God's Spirit. Now, the seal of God's Spirit in the believer signifies four primary things. Security, authenticity, ownership, and authority. I don't want to expound that. But remember this, the seal of God's Spirit. When the Spirit lives inside of you, He was trying to tell us that we are secured in Him. That's why the future doesn't, you know, doesn't have the kind of, if we only understand this, because the, the seal of the Holy Spirit is in you. He will see to it that you will be secure in His hand. Then there is an authenticity. You know, during the time when we are being tested, the real you will come out to, you know, to authenticate that you are really a believer. This is the time when you are under testings. This is a time that the real you will come out. It's not your emotions. It's not emotions that is based on your, you know, your own flesh, but it is the authenticity that the Christ in you will live. Then speaks also of ownership. The reason why he puts the Holy Spirit to, you know, to see to it that we belong to God. We, that's why we are, we are no longer in this world. Though we are in this world, but we are not of this world because we belong to God and we have been reminded that we are citizens of God's kingdom. And then authority. It's not just to put, you know, uh, ownership inside of us, but also that you were given authority as well. So you have to speak something out of the promises in the scriptures because you are authorized to speak out the word of God. So four things when it comes to the seal of God's Spirit, security, authenticity, ownership, and authority. So when the Holy Spirit seals a believer, you and me, He marks them as God's divine possession. Now, 
who from the moment on entirely and eternally we belong to him. Now the Spirit still declares that transaction of salvation is divinely official and final. It's just like a seal. Hindi ba? Paano mo mabalaan nga original and transaction? May seal ina? May seal you? A seal of whoever is making a what? Is making a transaction that it becomes authentic. And it's the Holy Spirit that you become an authentic believer. That you are truly in Christ. That's why you are a true Christian. So when Christians are sealed with the Holy Spirit, there is the so-called understanding of delegations. That we are delegated to what? To proclaim, to preach, to minister, and to defend God's word and his kingdom. That means the gospel of the kingdom of God. It's not only me as a pastor who are going to proclaim the message. You are also must <laughs> proclaim. You also must teach. Whatever you have learned from the teachings, you have to proclaim that to your friends, your loved ones. You have to teach that to people in your circle of influence. You are doing ministry as well. How do you minister? Serving. You serve people. And then you need to defend because there are people who will try to go against your faith. Especially that you are now part of the kingdom of God and you are citizens of the kingdom of God. So you have to defend the truth about it. Now the second reason why we should not fear the unknown because, you know, God says, do not fear, is not only, he said, you are redeemed or I have redeemed you. Number two, God says, I have called you by your name. I have called you by your name. Now, look at that word. He says, I have summoned or I are, are called you by name. You are mine. That's the next word. So when God calls people by their names in the scriptures, there is a reason for it. He called the forgotten Hagar. You remember Hagar by name? So when Abraham and Sarah had rejected her, God saw her when no one else did. That's why Hagar was says, wow, he was, so, he was so thankful that the God saw her. Now, you realize that also he called Lazarus in the New Testament by name. And he came out of the grave. When, when Jesus himself says, Lazarus, come forth. When he heard, though he is dead, he heard from the grave. Then after four days of decay, he still experienced resurrection. He called Saul by his name and revealed his future ministry, especially ministry to the churches. That's why he was able to write letter to different churches in the New Testament. Now the idea of Isaiah 43 verse 1 is that the Lord is summoning, summon Judah forth. Now the king and creator of the world is calling this afflicted and oppressed nation by his name. 
because they're under oppression during those days by the Babylonian nations. Now, when God knows your name, it doesn't matter who else knows you or does not know you because he knows you. So you should not fear. Also, this one speaks of that you are not forgotten because God called you. That means he knows you and he did not forget you because he knows you. You cannot, you cannot close, be close to him. He is not distant. He summons means that he has invited you into his presence, intimacy. Wow, it's an amazing if we only understand this. So being called or being summoned by name can mean that you have been close or chosen and close to God. And I like the word chosen. I would probably use the word chosen. You have been chosen and called to what? To serve in a very special way. When God invites you and me to join him in his work, well, it can be fulfilling, energizing, and it brings the kind of sense of purpose to your life and to my life. I don't know about you, but uh, the moment I know that God has called me, it gives the sense of purpose. I'm not here just to exist and, of course, to use my time in my own home. Because I know that God has given me the purpose, his will for me. And that's exactly what he is reminding us to have us as well, to understand. He is a God who knows us and he calls us. Everything that we do for God is a response to God's call. God's invitation is relational and personal. I would like to speak this again. God's invitation is relational. He wants us to be close to him. And also it's personal. He knows each one of us. That's why your calling and my purpose are all unique. Well, very important principles to know. Number three, the third and the last, when he speaks to us not to fear, not only he is telling us that we have been redeemed, and that he has called us by our name. And the third one is that he says, you are mine. Wow, you are mine. So that means fear not because you belong to me, says the Lord. So when you obey the God of this world, the God who has called us, and believe and obey his word, then we are baptized in his name. So when you are filled with his Holy Spirit, he says, fear not, you are mine. God is taking ownership of his children. And he will take extreme care for them. Wow. When he said to you and to me, you are mine. Speaks of ownership, I own you. And that. He's not just a God who just owns you. He says, I will take care of you. It's going to be an extremely kind of care and love. We are his precious possession. The apple of his eye and the object of his affection. I remember the song I used to, to write before 
you are the apple of my eye. Because this is exactly a reminder for me. Wherever I go, God's eye is upon me. In 2021, this year, the eyes of the Lord is upon you. Because you are the apple of his eye. The focus of God is you. Don't ever forget that because that's exactly what he says. You are mine. You are mine. And I like what he said. When he says you are mine, that means there is an assurance that God will protect his own. He will protect his own. He said in verse 2, Isaiah 43, he says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze. Well, what is this? It's a promise of protection. We don't need to play victim in 2021 or act defeated and deflated and poor, pitiful, me kind of attitude. You know why? Because we are His. We are His. And He will protect us. He is with us. And He will always, ultimately see to it that we are going to be covered by Him. Whatever He allows things, it does not mean He is not there. He will still be there. Because that's an assurance of the word, you are mine. And God will protect His own. Under this is also another statement that God loves His own. Not only he protects his own, but he loves his own. Look at verse 3 and verse 4 again. He says, I give Egypt as a ransom, Cush and Seba, in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored. I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. <laughs> wow, this magnifies the mercy. And the love of God towards his children. I tell you, if you read this passage again and again, it will explode, I mean, inside of you. Because God is telling, telling us, you know, he, he's trying to make himself big in this promise that he did in the life of Isaiah. Now, don't ever remember in 20, if you have... You know, if you have received lies of the enemy, but in 2021, don't ever try to embrace all the thoughts that the enemy is doing for your life. Because God is much bigger. And how does he, he do that? How does he tries to magnify himself? With the promises. Because you are mine. It's more than enough to believe that, you know, this year, 2021, you have nothing to fear. Because the mercy of God will be there. The love of God will be there towards his children. But see to it, you remain as a child of God. You remain as part of the kingdom of God, that you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. So how? Well, because in the midst of this picture of mercy towards us, and in the background, when you look at this, he was telling us that the rest of the people, like Egypt and the, Kush, Seba, it, it means that they're going to be judged. That's the background here. Judgment upon others. Guess where we deserve to be. 
Well, we also deserve to be receiving the same judgment with other people. But he did not do that. But he promised, he says, judgment will be for the rest. But because you're a child of God, you're not going to be judged. I will see to it that love, mercy, will be experienced by you and me. Because the children of God is supposed to be judged as well. But because, this is amazing, because God had made a promise. Bangod sang promesa sang ginoo. And for the sake of his name. It's not for the sake of you, it's because he promised something. And when he promised, he promised not only to you and to me, but he, he tells that to himself. You see, the Bible says in, in the book of Psalms that you know he he even exalted himself more, exalted his word more than his name. He will never ever break a promise. God's promise was not voided by their rebellion during those days. God's promise was not cancelled by their exile or political oppression. They were under with during that time with the, of course, uh, Babylonian or Babylon. Because he promised to deliver them and he will save them from Egypt. And even though they deserve the same wrath that Egypt does. Now God loves his own. I like that. God loves his own. They are precious to him. Same word God is speaking to you and me. He loves you because you are his children. And you are precious in the sight of God. And with this also, when he says you are mine, he also speaks about God will gather his own. Not only God will protect his own, will love his own, but he will gather his own. Now look at verse 5 and 7. I think uh, just verse 5, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. And I will bring your offspring from east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the fourth, give up to the south and do not withhold. Bring my sons from the afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. He will gather now God will gather his own, no matter how far they are. No matter how, where they're scattered all over the world. <laughs> no matter which direction, no matter the authority by which they are scattered, God will gather his own. I'll speak to you today, no matter what's going to take place in 2021 that probably you don't expect that will happen probably the scattering you know and uh, sometimes we look at life uh, it seems that it's chaotic but God has promised he will gather that means he will bring you wherever you are according to his purpose and his plan now you see the world will continue to change and shift and progress, sometimes for the good, but sometimes for the bad. The political climate will change. 
probably in 2021, the economy will be inconsistent, most likely. You will experience sometimes pain and discomfort at times due to the things we can't control. But as Christians, as believers, we will also make mistakes. Some of us will be probably inconsistent at times, but I hope you will be consistent in your walk with God. But in the midst of all of this, what does God says? says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. I redeemed you. I have called you by name. And you are mine. You are mine, says the Lord. Now there is so much going on in our world. Not only the anxiety-provoking things that come across uh, in the news feeds, but also the things that each of us are facing on a daily basis in our personal lives. But remember again, the last few verses when he says, you are mine, that means you are precious to me. I will be with you. I will protect you. I will love you. And I will gather you for myself. I will gather you to myself. There are perhaps no greater truths that should impact our personal identities this year. Friends, loved ones, believers, we can face 2021 without fear. You know why? Because of God's promises. That's the only thing that we can do to face the unknown. Knowing that God will be a God of promise. And he will fulfill whatever he promised to you and me. And I can declare that you will have a great day ahead, months ahead, and the whole year of 2021. And we are not supposed to fear because God is telling us not to. May God richly bless you and the whole year of 2021. I'm excited to see wonderful things coming our way today. Let's join God's promise and let's embrace it now as we move forward to 2021. God bless and let us pray. Father, we are so thankful for your word today. That word is not just for me. That word is not just for some chosen few. But that word is for everyone. Sa kada isa nga nagpamati sa imupulong that we are not supposed to fear. We are not supposed to have the kind of fear of the unknown, the uncertainties that we don't even know. And that we only, the only thing that we know is that we have the God of the past who has redeemed us. And we have the God who is still doing that work in us today. And the same God who will be there for us in the future. 
And that's why we can say we are not supposed to allow fear to take over. But we will stand in his word and we will stand in God because of what he says that he will be there for us. And so today I pray for everyone change the entire concept of fear to become faith and that we will truly express what we express during the first day of 2021 telling people happy new year blessed new year that each one of us will truly receive it now by faith in the mighty name of jesus we pray and all of us will say amen and amen i thank god for each one of you this is the first sunday and i know you're still there and uh, i say if we stand on god and receive this by by faith no matter what happened god will always be god <laughs> he will never be someone who promise and he will not fulfill he will always be there for you. that's why i'm excited to see new things ahead there will be some new grounds that many of you will experience so that god's name will be glorified i declare the blessings of god over your families today and thank you for your constant constant uh, time to come and to listen to the word of god today i declare that all the blessings be yours amen and amen god richly bless us all today and to all your families Happy, blessed, fruitful, joyful new year of 2021.